Hi, I'm Allie Jackson Jolly. I'm here with Terrence Cummings, who is the Chief Opportunity Officer for Guild. Um, Terrence, thanks for being with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, so I should start by saying, um, for those who aren't familiar, Guild is a, um, op a career opportunities platform, um, and you are relatively new to your role. Um, it is a role that was created um, nine months ago when you took over that role. And so I guess first I just want to hear, you know, why, why was that necessary? Opportunity has been something since we started eight years ago that has been core to what Guild does. And it's looking at the individuals across this country that don't have a fair shot at the same types of opportunities that other people do. How do we help them to build that primarily through learning and education? And <clears throat> something that I say a lot is that if you want to understand something, you measure it. If you want to improve it, you focus on it. And we'd seen that this is a time in our existence that focusing deeply on how do we build cultures of opportunity both inside of our company as well as across corporations in America, like we have to go deep there. So that's why we created the role, to have someone who day in and day out, that's someone being me, is thinking about how do we build opportunity. Yeah, so, and it's not lost on me that it's called an opportunity officer versus a DEI officer. Um, you know, in right now, diversity initiatives are sort of under fire, right? We watched um, this past week as the congressional hearings around um, anti-Semitism on campus um, spoke with um, a few, three pre specifically three presidents from universities. Um, but beyond just talking about, you know, the anti-Semitism on campus and what they could have done differently, um, felt like diversity was also um, under fire um, with different members um, talking about defunding diversity. You know, that's on the higher ed level, of course. Um, but, you know, I would say industry, across industries, what I've been hearing is some of this talk, some of this chatter of is, is our diversity offices going to come under fire? So tell me, with that context, yeah. tell me um, why you're an opportunity officer, not a diversity officer, and um, what's the difference? We ask the question of what is the outcome that we're looking to achieve. And the outcome that we want to achieve is opportunity for people. And the means to do that is by driving diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like That's one of the inputs, a very important input, into driving the ultimate outcome. And no one is going to come under fire with trying to drive opportunity. Like, that, that's not something that's being attacked, right? What people, I think, are saying, the narrative, which I hope that the narrative gets pushed down, to be very clear, the narrative is around whether diversity for the sake of diversity is something that we should try and achieve. Uh, and so that's the distinction between the two, is we see that as a valuable input, but not the ultimate outcome. Yeah, and so do you, based on that um, narrative, the context, um, do you think that this model is the model that's going to um, develop across industry and university, maybe even? Yes. This is one variation that I think would be a very powerful variation of what DEI and evolution of DEI that could take place in the future. And I, I do believe that asking the question of what are the ultimate outcomes we're trying to drive and how do we make sure that we're shaping organizations to be able to drive that outcome is key. And for us, it's opportunity. And I believe for a lot of companies, it should be opportunity. A lot of organizations, it should also be opportunity. Okay, that's interesting. So um, talk to me about um, social mobility and um, 
individuals from historically marginalized communities. That was one of the things that we talked about a little bit off camera, is that you're sort of laser focused on thinking about um, opportunities for social mobility. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I, I said the phrase culture of opportunity before. That phrase is very important, and I'll talk about it from a couple different lenses. The first lens is, as a company, how do you build a culture of opportunity? So what are the systems that you have to put in place? There are five pillars that we view uh, behind that system. The first is designed for the marginalized. So this gets to your original question. It's the first step that you have to put together to say, how do we build our entire employee experience? How do we craft that such that DEIB is at the center? That's step one. Number two is secure the foundation. So what that means is how do we make sure that people have the money, right, your paycheck, and the benefits, and all of the baseline to be able to think about growth. Three is unlock learning. That's do you have equitable and accessible and affordable opportunities to learn and develop. Cultivate connections is the fourth. So do you have the professional capital, right, to be able to grow. And the last is pave the pathways. This is how do you get from step A to or point A to point B, thinking about resumes, thinking about interview prep, all of that work. And we see a lot of organizations that often jump to the fifth step. But if you don't have the psychological safety right, and baseline at the beginning, if you can't have the time to think about your growth, if you don't have the learning professional capital, then it becomes a false promise just to jump to the fifth step. And so that's the foundation that we see that companies need to take, like to put into place in order to be able to drive opportunity. Uh, and on the other side, the individual side, people want opportunity. I know that that might seem obvious, but it's overwhelming. If you look at it specifically in the black population, we've seen in the frontline workforce, over 80% of people want to advance, and only about 60% of them believe that that's possible. That distinction is pretty large. And then when you look at what actually happens, it's only about 35% of people that end up getting promoted. Yeah, so um, what is your like what's your largest challenge yeah. um i think maybe that's one of them that you know those are daunting <laughs> numbers yeah. but you know you're again brand new to this role mm -hmm. um you're looking at dei in a way that um really transcends D dei it's larger than what um may have been done a year ago yeah. um so what are you like what's your biggest challenge what is do you see as the largest mountain that you're going to have to climb a lot of it is mindset Going back to answering the last question that you had when I mentioned the narrative, most of what's happening right now is a narrative. I believe it's a false narrative that I would like to push down, but it's a mindset shift for folks. And many times I think that people, they see uh, it as daunting to have to, uh, to figure out how do we help people of color, people of different gender identities, et cetera. How do we help them to be mobile? It's like a daunting exercise for folks. I'd say, it's, we don't have to get that creative. We know how to do it. We just do it for folks that generally have been oppressed. So. Yeah, so it's interesting because you said mindset and I was gonna, you answered my question. I was gonna ask you, do you mean mindset from the industry, employers, uh, business leaders, or from the individuals. Yeah. But you know, is, is mindset shift also something that um, needs to happen within um, historically marginalized communities who don't believe there's opportunity for them? Yeah, it's both. It's and both. And how do you, do you do any work or do you, do, do you give any thinking to how um, on, the, on the individual level you work with folks and um, make them believe that there is opportunity, shift their mindset so they do see themselves um, as a um, employee who's able to climb the corporate ladder. Yeah, so I, on my team, I have a, a team of coaches. 
And those coaches work with individuals in order to build confidence, to help them see the art of the possible. Uh, co what coaches don't do in this world is they don't uh, help people uh, be saviors. Let me say that. They're not saviors, right? You don't come in and you give opportunity to people, but they help to unlock it within. It's like, what do you have within yourself? Uh, how do you believe in yourself? How do you see clearly what the future could be? And then how do you build that confidence to be able to achieve that? So coaching is a big way that we do it. Uh, we do coaching both for what we call our members and learners. So those are the employees that come through our platform and for our own employees as well. And so as we continue to develop that program, uh, more and more people we believe will be able to see what's possible in their future and then also be able to achieve it. But what you said is right. It is both the systems, so how do you tear down the brick walls, and how do you help people to understand that maybe that brick wall isn't a brick wall, right? Yeah. So start, start running toward it. Yeah. Um, okay, well, last question, because we're mm. almost out of time. What are you most excited about? So I asked you what was your biggest, your biggest challenge, that biggest mountain, but what makes you most excited looking at 2024 and beyond about what you're going to be able to do or perhaps what we as a society are going to be able to do to um, address some of the inequities in yeah. the workplace? I'm a very optimistic person, and I also think a lot long-term. And what I'm most optimistic about is if you look 20 years into the future, there's an imperative that the country figures out how to solve this challenge that we're talking about. And I believe when there's an imperative, people step up. I believe a lot in humanity. And so I most look forward to the fact that while this narrative exists that we're talking about today, there will be productive tension that comes from that narrative and we're all gonna come together and figure it out. And so that's, at a meta level, that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, well, I hope so. I, I love the optimism. Um, we are out of time now. Thank you so much for being with us and um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Thank you.